I'm the number one go-to guy in the world of celebrities. How do you make that happen? You really don't. I think I just work so hard at my skill set. There's actually a scripture in the Bible that says, do you see a man skilled at his work? He will serve in the presence of kings. And so I just decided to get very skilled at my work. And anywhere from working from little kids in orphanages to people in prisons to Robert Downey Jr. So I don't see anybody as different I just see them as human beings that need to turn a setback to a comeback. Think about that idea from a setback to a comeback. One of the names I've heard you bring up a couple of times is Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. You know, for those who've been kind of following his career for a couple of decades would have seen probably that full circle. So are those the steps that you walk through with somebody like him? And what was that like? when you were first called by him, like what was that moment like? I think number one, Robert and I are just, we're friends. And and I see Robert as a friend that we've had great conversations. And uh, Robert was nice enough to include me in his life, um, in all parts of his life, in his wins and in his challenging days. I've included him in my life. He even used to go to my son's basketball games. So Robert is just a friend. So I would say that with anybody that I'm dealing with, I take them through those steps. You got to wake up, take inventory, partner with the right people. Now, when you partner with the right people, that means you're going to probably have to eliminate some people that are not the right people. Hmm. And this is what I see with a lot of people that are in a setback. They need to cut some people back. And I say this about the power partnership. You have the acquaintance, which is the person of, we just know each other. Secondly, you have the partner that's more intimate. And then the third level is what I call the green room. The green room is that place that you go to that you are allowed to invite who you want in that green room. But they better be people of power, people of substance, people of a similar mindset and a mood set and motives that really strengthen you. So you gotta have the right people in that green room. So I mean, that just brings it really clear for me, that idea of a green room, who you're inviting in. Do you find that people ever get confused with who they've got in that room and they're trying to tell you, oh no, it's the right person, but you've got maybe some other questions about whether that person is the right choice for that room. Like how do you get somebody leveled? Mostly it's it's not the right person. And I'll tell you why, because, When you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived because you're deceived. (laughs) Interesting spiral there, isn't it? Yeah, when you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived because you're deceived. So if I'm dealing with a a, a famous actor, and I deal with so many, I have over 300 entertainers I work with. Wow. Is that, you know, like I think of a guy six months ago, like, Tim, these guys are fantastic. No, not so much. (laughs) Because when you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived because you're deceived. So I don't ever come at them like too strong unless I have to. But I say, why don't you just take some time off from these people? And as you are getting healed, then start to see, do we want to re-invite them into our green room? Usually they do not. But put them in the first place, put them in the second place but that doesn't mean they need to be in your inner circle. 
you're now called by some of the people that we watch daily, you know, yeah. or, or see daily, and oftentimes in a highly pressurized situation. How did you start to become, how did you start to have conversations that were life-changing for those people? Yeah, I think that um, for me, it was about getting educated and having great conversations with people about, about life. I just began to grow. So I, I continued to go on in my education. I ended up getting a, a doctorate in world religion. But while I was studying that subject, uh, I started studying a lot of classes on counseling, crisis counseling. And then at an early age, early 20s, I started working with what's known as the NFL, because we have people watching from all over the world, sure. National Football League. And um, a lot of the stars of the NFL started asking me in that day for my home number. We didn't have cell phones. And I started life coaching them before anybody knew what life coaching was. This is, this is like in the late 80s. No kidding. I was talking to the guys of like the Tim Browns. I was talking to the Deion Sanders. I was talking to the, the, the greatest stars in the, in the NFL. Uh, so from that, I then had to find a way to educate myself more, even though I had my doctorate that I was working on at the time. So I went to a famous uh, lady who taught at USC, University of Southern California, in psychology. And she goes, Tim Story, I love you. I am going to help you. And she gave me this huge manual on how to work with people. And I love to study. So I began to study this. She began to mentor me and tutor me for about 15 years. And then, you know, athletes, no entertainers, entertainers, no athletes. And then it turned into this thing that we see today. Now, I heard a story you were mentioning a little while ago. You were in Oprah's backyard casually one day and you were talking about a concept that you've talked about before, working your ground. And she was yes. getting excited by this. Can you tell us a bit about that story? Yeah, first of all, it's nice to be in Oprah's backyard a lot. <laughs> but we like to share concept with each other, Oprah and I, and she loves this idea about the law of the harvest. You know, a lot of people, they just think about manifesting something, but in the law of the harvest, I teach you gotta plow the ground, you gotta plant the right seed, then you gotta water the seed, which is repetition, and then you'll reap the harvest. And I feel that some people, they get really frustrated in the plowing, the planting, and the watering, but they don't realize that payday's on its way. So she loves that story. I mean, she must have planted the right seeds. She really did. But if you go back into her uh, life, even when she was working in the early days for different small towns and working in the news, she was doing a lot of plowing, mm. a lot of planting, mm. a lot of watering. And then later on, the King brothers came and uh, helped her get her own show. And then the rest was history. 300 people have your phone number and probably at points need counsel or need a conversation. Yes. What gives you the drive to maintain at the pace you're at? I think that, um, first of all, I've learned that not everyone's urgent is my urgent. I got that from Stephen Covey. Because in the early days of life coaching, I used to be on the phone like nonstop like even late at night, two, three, four in the morning. I don't do that anymore. Because unless it's a major, major crisis, someone's been hospitalized or somebody had a, a relapse in the area of addiction, um, 
I, I make people make appointments and the biggest stars in the world, they gotta, they gotta go through my assistance. And I think it's better that way because I have to, I have to protect my own peace. I have to protect my own state of mind because I like to be in just a very sound mind. Uh, I like to be uh, steady in unsteady times. So um, even though they may have my number, doesn't mean they're urgent is my urgent. Sounds like really, you know, putting a lot of the practice that probably you counsel on into your own life is helpful. Have you ever needed to life coach yourself? Yes, I have a therapist. I think that like this <laughs> and life- it's not you? You don't do it for yourself? No, you somebody else? no, I need people. So I think that like to live the life that I get to live is so over my head. <laughs> like, how did this happen? Okay. So like sometimes I'm like driving down the street and I won't name drop on this one. And like someone will call me this like a huge gigantic movie star that we would look up to forever. And it just, it blows me away still. So I think that, you know, for, for many, many years, I'm living this life that is different, better, more magical. And um, I like going to a therapist and just sitting there and making sure I stay on the yellow brick road, making sure that my motives are right, my mindset is, is right. Because in my kind of job, they, they offer you a lot of money to do different things like, uh, you know, mostly coming from just a, a lower income family to uh, starting to do real well, even in my early 20s. I just, I just wanted to be around practical mindsets that would keep me on the yellow brick road. And so far, so good. <laughs> you mean you bring up yellow brick road, you bring up magic. It feels like some of these kind of playful childlike qualities yes. are kind of key to Would you say that's that's actually is part of your work? That is so me. Uh, I got excited because Simon Cowell, who created um, X Factor and American Idol and uh, English Idol and all those other ones. Uh, I read one day that he likes to watch cartoons. So do I. I love animation. So every week of my life, I watch animated things. And every week of my life, uh, I really go back to the innocence of my childhood. I go back to Motown music, the Jackson 5, Stevie Wonder, Smokey Robinson, because it clicks me back to little Timmy from Compton. So yeah, even though I've been on this journey for 61 years, uh, I have a very childlike spirit. But uh, I think that's important for me, for me. <laughs>